Hey, this is Ryan Chapman with Fix Your Funnel. And today I'm with Scott Toiber. Did I say it right, Scott? You nailed it. Okay. I always mess up names, so I want to make sure I get it right. Um, and Scott, you have an interesting business. You run, is it guided tours on the river in Wisconsin? It's, uh, we Very do close? provide guided trips, but okay. we also, our primary business is uh, canoe rentals, kayak rentals, and tube rentals okay. on the Wisconsin River. That's right. Well, very good. Well, you kind of introduced your business a little bit right there. Is that is that going to sum up what you guys are all about? Uh, yeah, we're lucky enough to be blessed on a river that uh, in the summer generally is shallow and has sandbars on it. So people um, camp out there. In general, our 80% of our customers spend two days out on the river or more. And uh, yeah, it's just, it, it's great to provide, to make a living off of something that people get to go out and enjoy rather than feeling like they've got to go spend money on this. Yeah, so, yeah. it's a choice. Exactly. So, so then they're, they're basically renting your, your stuff for a couple of days then as they go down camp, pull to the side camp, and then go down further? You're correct. Yep. Oh, very cool. Well, now, the, the question I'm sure everybody's thinking right now is, how did you get into this business? Uh, well, the, the long story after the military and going to school, I um, was uh, student teaching. I, I was on, on path to become a teacher and, well, actually did become for a while. Uh, and a guy I student taught under uh, introduced me to the outdoors. My, uh, my father was a union plumber and uh, we did not vacation. Matter of fact, I can remember one vacation that we had. Uh, the entire time I was growing up. And um, so I had to basically learn how to recreate and take weekends off and those kinds of things. So uh, this gentleman introduced me to paddling and hiking and uh, we did some globe trotting. And so we've kind of we've done a little bit of everything. And through him, I had met uh, uh, Fred Flasher, who did guided trips on the Wisconsin River. And on certain weekends when uh, he had a large group. He, he was getting getting older and his knees and hips and shoulders were bothering him. We would go with and uh, help unload gear and that kind of thing. So basically we'd get a free weekend away uh, camping out on the river. And uh, after leaving teaching and uh, brokering used computer equipment for a while, I ended up uh, buying a house in southwest Wisconsin and thought, well, maybe I'll get 10 canoes and start doing guided trips just as kind of some side money and one thing led to another and uh, I'm now the largest canoe rental in the state of Wisconsin and one might argue several of the surrounding Midwestern states and uh, that that's that's how you accidentally owned up end up owning the largest canoe rental <laughs> well you know that's a really cool story too because that in something you didn't mention there is that uh, you're a GKIC fan, so you used a Dan Kennedy-style direct response marketing. Is that what you used to build up to become the, the biggest? Or well, or was it know, kind of an accident, or how did it happen? What's interesting, and I know I have some people who take offense at this, but canoe rentals, honestly, are a pretty mom-and-pop industry. Yeah. Uh, canoe rentals compared to whitewater rafting are like totally different ends of the – the technology, spectrum, yeah. yeah, spectrum. And uh, so I guess I was lucky enough to stumble into a field where uh, having a website in 2003 that, you know, was HTML and actually made an effort to meet 
some of the basic requirements back then <laughs> for getting found on Google and those kinds of things. Um, as well as you're a uh, pioneer essentially in the industry ex- ex- to some extent. I don't want to go that far, at least <laughs> in my state. Yeah. Well, you know, and there's something to be said for that too. I mean, if it's not necessarily about having to beat everybody, it's about just beating the competition. Right. And so being in an industry where maybe people aren't as savvy about marketing or technology and being able to just take one step ahead is really all it takes to outshine everybody else. Uh, and, and that's true or pick, yeah, pick one thing. Um, I, uh, yeah, we always made an effort to, um, pick up the phone, you know, return emails in a timely manner, uh, return phone calls. If by chance it went to voicemail and it was just, it started off with just those basic things. And since then, um, we're, yeah, we're, we're, I've begun to realize I, I couldn't stand paying for print advertising with the salesperson telling me, oh, yeah, it's, it, you know, they're going to need to see this 10 times. And it's like, well, I'm paying you $1,500, you know, a run on this. And I'm not in a business where I can afford to wait, <laughs> not to mention the sale won't come close to what I just spent with you. Uh, well, you know, and you were in off. sales, right? So you you were in sales when you're taking care of the used computer equipment as well as, you know, in your current business. But it's kind of funny when... uh when advertisers, you know, tell you 10, 10 exposures and that should do it. Basically saying, I just need 10 months out of you before you quit. Well, and what's even more embarrassing than that, and I'm willing to admit it now, is I, although I thought it was painful, I was prepared to do it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, now I flipped it around. And that was part of the Internet strategy, whether I realized it that first year or not, was I'd rather be where people are going to go and look for me once they're ready to come and paddle yeah rather than jumping up and down which you can't do on a flat piece of paper as somebody's thumbing yeah. through you know this or that magazine in the chicago area uh and try and convince them hey let based on this one picture let's go paddling this weekend yeah uh so i decided i want to focus on where where they're going to go to look for me and then the next step to that and unfortunately it took me another seven or eight years was to begin to try and get customers to say, you know, hey, I'm on your site because I want to get your free whatever it is, reports, maps, uh, a free tube rental, whatever the case may be. Yeah. Um, and actually, before we got to that point, it was the the phone would ring, me or my people would pick it up and say, hello, you know, and they would go, a customer would say, do you rent canoes? <laughs> And you'd go, yeah, we do. And they'd go, okay. And you go, all right, bye. And you'd hang up thinking for the first year or two, all right, people are finding the website. Although I wonder why they think they're asking a question if we could do if they're on the website. But you're going, hey, at least they picked up and they called. That's awesome. Then it eventually began to dawn on me of, wait a minute. They did. They raised their hand. They said, I'm interested. I'm going to place this phone call. We need to do a better job of, one, engaging them. Yeah. And then two, following up with them. Yeah. And and that's where Infusionsoft and even Fix Your Funnel begins to come in of the poking after we've captured their data. And, you know, when they say, do you rent canoes? Now we engage them and go, we do. Are you, are you looking for a two-day trip or, you know, what kind of experience are you looking for? Can I get your name and email address and I will send you detailed information on the trips you and I are about to talk about 
And you can, of course, pass that on to your friends and family that you're intending to invite on the trip. You know, we, we laugh about that. And, and you talk about it as though, you know, slapping your forehead. Why didn't we get this sooner? But, you know, that's that's not too uncommon that, you know, a lot of business owners just don't know what they don't know. Right. And you have to go through that development process somehow, either by standing on the shoulders of somebody else or, you know, learning it your, yourself through the School of Hard Knocks, if you're fortunate enough to even learn it that way. Right. I don't know what caused you to start thinking, hey, maybe I should ask those questions. But it was a good thing that you did because I don't know what that would have meant otherwise, but I'm sure it wasn't pretty. Well, in the winters, I'm in Phoenix and I spend a lot of time mountain bike and hiking, mountain biking and hiking, which I can't do during the summer. And uh, I, I would equate what you also just said to, um, you know, you're going up a hill, whether it's hiking or mountain biking. And you're just trying to get up that hill and you're busy looking right over the front tire and that's it. Mm -hmm. And I think part of it is, as my business started to grow and I had the opportunity to read some of the emails or listen to some of the webinars and, uh, you know, of all of the plethora of information that's out there and began to hear people talking, going, you know, that, that applies to what we're, what we're not doing. Yeah. And, and then taking it and then, you know, I'm a, I'm a bootstrapper and I would assume yeah. most of the people you run into are. Yeah. And initially you try to figure out, well, how can we do this without paying for anybody's services? <laughs> and, and then what I've gone through is then it turns into, okay, we're, we're, we're ready to afford this. You know, let, let's go ahead and, and, and commit and dig into this and begin to develop a relationship with another business to help us grow. And it's amazing how quickly you, you, I go, I wish I would have done this, you know, three, four, five, six years ago. Yeah, I think the next iteration on that, that sequence that you just started there is how can we afford this? Not like, not how can we afford it now, but how can this help us to afford this service now? If right. that makes any sense. Where So it you're does. looking on... How can this create ROI so that this makes sense to do now instead of reasons not to or reasons we can't afford this? I found that that for me has been groundbreaking in terms of, you know, instead of me going, oh, man, I wish that we could do that, changing that to, okay, how can we make this create return on investment? You know, be, you got to be realistic with it. But I found that question for me, at least, has helped me to be able to take steps that have allowed us to grow a lot quicker than had I not. So well, and, and actually, to even build on that, we're going through an experience right now of um, we are uh, changing our reservation system. We've, we've been working with one company for uh, about five years now, uh -huh. and um, it, it just it wasn't powerful enough. It, it wasn't we were finding it wasn't growing fast enough with all of the other things that are that are available out there like simple things like notification of an abandoned cart or yeah. um, uh, what's the other big one? Um, one click upsells. Yeah. And so we decided, okay, you know, we went out and we looked at four or five other reservation systems because uh, it's unique to, uh, it's not something we can build out in infusion software. Sure. Yeah. You know, Eventbrite didn't come close to being able to do what we needed to do because of, stuff goes out, stuff comes back and yeah. some stuff goes out for a day and some stuff's out for five days. And, um, anyway, we, we ended up settling on adventure office who 
is now working on an API connection, which we had with our other one, but this will be a you know upload and download of, of information between Infusionsoft and Adventure Office and Very cool. a number of things that will open up for us to be able to do uh, based on that. However, it is going to run us a little over double what we were paying for the previous one. And I've already you know sat down with employees and said, okay, so here's all the great things this can do. And they're excited, but I'm like, you are going to have to help justify the spending on this. Um, yeah. You know, it, it, it's in our business, which really, if you shrunk it all down and compacted it, you know, we make our revenue for the year in about four months. Yeah. And, um, it, you know, so. Everything counts. Exactly. And we need to hit the ground running. We can't be in late August going, oh, here's how we'll do this. You know, we need to yeah. be thinking ahead of the ahead of the phone calls that are going to be starting in the next 60 days and and hit it running. So, yeah. Yeah, you got you have to make the most of every single interaction as well, which is a, you know, goes back to what you were talking about with the phone. You know, I for for us, in fact, this is the genesis for the whole all the phone stuff that Fixer Funnel does is with our tra- real estate training company. We were looking at um, just all the phone calls that we were fielding, you know, that were coming in. And, you know, one day I sat down, I thought, do we even know who those people were? <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, my staff wasn't really answer, you know, asking the right questions because we were doing enough business, you know, through right. our registration process that we weren't hurting by any means. And so, you know, it's just, this is mostly cream that we're leave, letting just fly off the, the side. And so I was just like... You know, we don't even know what's happened with the phones. And then, you know, we started uh, Fix Your Funnel. And before we had the phone services, we had other things. And, you know, phone calls are coming in. People are asking questions and so on. And we're not capturing any of it. And I was like, you know, that is the biggest black hole in our business today is the phone. Because we're, we're encouraging people to call because we know that, you know, if you call in and we can help you, like, you know, the same approach that you were taking with your business, is, hey, let's answer the phone. Let's right. return phone calls. <laughs> let's, let's email people. But yet this is a huge black hole in most businesses because they don't have any way of tracking where those calls coming from. You know, is this a call from this advertisement, this marketing effort? Where is this coming so that you can justify every dollar that's being spent on your, your advertising? But then also to know, hey, okay, so these calls came in. These people aren't customers yet. We don't have email addresses on them. Let's call those people back and see if we can send them something. You know what I mean? Right. And so you find ways to start taking advantage of every single opportunity that comes to your business in with the resources that you have. So how did you get into Infusionsoft in the first place? Um, a colleague of mine – actually, it's, it's always interesting – and this seems to be happening more as I get a little older, is that uh, I don't notice something until it's truly brought to my attention, and then suddenly I'm seeing it everywhere. Yeah, the old reticular um, activator, huh? <laughs> I have, uh, well, first of all, I had an old girlfriend who was a, uh, who was a business coach uh, with um, Brian Tracy. Okay. Uh, so focal point business coaching. And uh, I was lucky enough to get to go with her as a guest to one of her training sessions out in California. And while there, in addition to getting getting to meet Brian Tracy, um, we uh, there was a presentation on Infusionsoft, and 
And then right after that, I was at a paddle sports conference and a colleague of mine that uh, is located up in the Boundary Waters, uh, they, uh, he'd been, he'd started using it. And this would have been about six years ago at this point. And, uh, you know, I went through it and, and then I began getting online and, and looking at Infusionsoft, uh, videos and, and sales presentations. And I was, I came in about three years ago. So right before the last major upgrade and change. Yeah. So I have some very little stuff in legacy and you know, all of my newer stuff is, is, is campaign uh, builder. Yeah. Right. Campaign builder. And, uh, but just, you know, it all made sense. Right. Um, of just this, this is what we need to do. And, you know, talking about justifying it, it, it's the question I believe they asked in one or a couple of their videos, which is, you know, what, what would it cost to have somebody do this internally for you? Yeah. And, and still how much are they going to miss? How much is going to get, for lack of a better term, screwed up or overlooked or yeah. whatever. Um, and, you know, once you get this thing set up the way it needs to be, it should pretty much just run. And, and you know, the other thing at the same time, you know, we, we talked earlier about uh, thought leadership and that kind of thing. Yeah. You know, and some people may step back in horror when I say this, but I'm a lifestyle guy. Um, yeah, I, p- I picked up on that so far. <laughs> my business with the number of months I've got to get it to go, to get it to float, if you will. Yeah. Um, it, it, I The chances of me ever being a million dollar business is only going to happen in 30 years from now when I can charge, you know, $200 per canoe for an overnight rental. <laughs> and I'm a long way from that. Yeah. Um, so what, what I'm by, I, I, I accept and frankly don't see myself not working for the rest of my life. I, I'm not, you know, the whole Tim Ferriss uh, four-hour workweek angle. I, I'm I'm not interested in working my tail off for 40 years and then sitting on the porch with my feet kicked up. Um, my intention is vacation, explore, travel, do all the things I want to do now while I can still bend my knees and, you know, bend over and make it to the top of that hill mountain biking now. And when I'm 80 then sit on the porch going, I did all that stuff. Yeah. You know, um, so, you know, a lot of this technology also then begins to help me head in that direction. I I don't expect to be a millionaire, but I expect to continue to be able to spend winters in Phoenix and summers in Wisconsin and, and, and live my life that way. Yeah. You know, uh, I have a question for you and this is kind of into the, your business operations in, you know, if, if this is inappropriate, you can stop me and let me know. Sure. But my question is, um, when people come and, and they, you know, they rent your canoes, they have a great time. Do you resell them for the next year? Uh, immediately, no. But we do stay, you know, we now have a follow-up campaign that really kicked in last year that's beginning to collect data for us as far as you know, what their experience was like because we're yeah. running two locations 60 miles apart. Yeah. And it doesn't take long for you to begin to find out, you know, somebody at one of the locations is saying what? Yeah. Uh, or, you know, just or or inadvertently we're sending out uh, conflicting information. Okay. Maybe 
we're sending something out in an email that says, this is going to work this way. But then when they arrive at the, at our shop, oh no, we're, we do it this way. And just kind of, I, this summer it hit me honestly, where we were, uh, I was working with uh, my number two person, Robin, and we were talking and I said, you know, it's so nice to be talking about detailed stuff that we need to fix, whether that's wording or a process, instead of going, I can't possibly talk about this right now. Do you see this giant fire behind me we need to put out? Yeah. Um, you know, because we, we've, we've been doing this long enough and concentrated on it long enough that all the, all the big stuff, the obvious stuff is, has been addressed or fixed or, or we're aware of it. And we can work on the detail stuff that I notice when I go to other businesses of, you know, well, we walked in and the receptionist said this. And now that I'm seated at the table, the server is saying that. Yeah. And I, I always find those things interesting to key on. You know, it's uh, I think you bring up a really important point for people to understand. Like if you're just brand new to using Infusionsoft or, you know, automation technology, um, then you, you may not have seen this this level yet, but since you've been using it a few years, right? Correct. Yeah, three. Yeah, so then you get to see what you know. I've had the benefit of seeing as well, which is that um, it's it is very much like an onion in the sense that there's these layers to it. So at the beginning, you're trying to make sure that you're getting return on investment, but as as time goes on, you can start really just getting into those details of the things that, hey, how come we don't do it like this? Well, we can. We have a robot that works for us. Let's just tell the robot to do it. You know what I mean? And then you start getting that uniformity of messaging or whatever the case may be, that some process that was done manually for a long, long time, you realize, you know what? Hey, we can just assign this out to Infusionsoft and let them do that. And you start getting this consistency in the business that allows you to truly work on the business like you know Michael Gerber teaches versus working in the business but when you don't have that leverage point you never seem to be able to get above it because it seems like you're always doing the same thing over and over again and, and I, that's an excellent point as well as and again working in it versus working on it the more time you spend and the more things you give it to do that you or your employees used to do the more time, hopefully, you're. I, I'm a like I said. I used to be in education, and I am all about soaking up information. Um, you know, yeah. uh, you're going to have a free webinar, and I signed up for it. Uh, unless I was in a car accident, I'm going to be at it. Yeah, uh, I'm not a sign up and not show up guy. Right. And um, what also becomes interesting is you begin to free up some of those brain cells to to realize, hey, I, I you know, could be doing this or that or. You know, I mean, I haven't seen much of Jermaine Griggs, uh, the things he's done, but I, I get it, you know, yeah. that it, once you have the time and you begin to hear, well, here's how we're, as a matter of fact, one of the things we're working on right now is an employee application process. And because we have what honestly are low paying jobs, uh, minimum wage to 12 bucks an hour. Um, we got high turnover. High turnover because it's seasonal. It's everybody who thinks they're going to work for a canoe rental is, oh, I'm going to be sitting in an air-conditioned van and watching women in bikinis all day. <laughs> and it is far from that. Uh, we have boat, you know, every boat that comes back needs to be cleaned. Every boat that gets picked up has to be lifted and put on the trailer. You know, it's, it's all yeah. of those things that people don't 
you know, realize that that's what goes on. So one of the problems I had in the past was looking at hiring as something I checked off of a list, <laughs> meaning, all right, I need to find two employees. And what do you know? Two people just walked through the door. Okay, you're hired. <laughs> Even better. They're a boyfriend, girlfriend, which don't ever do that. If no one's ever done that, don't do it. Uh, you know, so perfect. Scratch that off the list. Okay, what else do I need to do? I need to order a new sign and I need to. And uh, it's taken me several years, honestly, to realize this is something that I, I, I get the quality of person equal to the amount of time and effort I put into finding them. Yeah. And um, I finally come to the realization we need to have a, we're accepting applications 24 seven, right. 365. Because I also finally have realized the dead, the dead wood needs to be trimmed as soon as possible. Yeah. Uh, even though, you know, like I said, we've got a four month season and this person's already been working for a third or a half of it. They're not worth keeping around if they're not pulling their weight. Yeah. Uh, we're better off bringing somebody else, hopefully the right person this time around we've got our training process close to down and we can have somebody, you know, running full bore in two weeks. Um, yeah, I think uh, I saw Dustin Burleson, who's also a fixture funnel customer. He he's a orthodontist. Um, he put together, I think at least that's who it is. He puts together a full employee, um, you know, finding and training process using Infusionsoft. And like a membership site or something like that, so that yeah. And I'm 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 handling it as two different things. I'm hiring the the handling part, and then I'll build out a training. So yeah, are you? Yeah, uh, but it, same. You're right. I mean, it's to the point where, uh, not that somebody who makes ten bucks an hour wants an email from work and a training session on it, but you know, if 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 the training videos stay to that two to four minute range. Even if it's just a simple message of remember to look people in the face in the you know in their in their eyes and smile. I think what um, they really want is a text message with that link. Uh, and this is true. <laughs> you are correct. And, and actually, that's honestly true because um, it, it's amazing how few of these kids either have or actually check their emails anymore. Yeah, no, you know, there's an interesting study that came out. Obviously, this is the UK, so it might be a little different than the US, but they were comparing 12 to 15 year old teenagers with adults in terms of um, their communication preferences. And email and phone was like a small sliver that made up 3% of you know, how they communicate. Right. And most of it was, you know, texting. I, I don't even think texting was necessarily listed on there. Maybe it was, but they were showing more of the social media and then the messaging apps, you know, your Snapchats or whatever the kids are doing these days. And, uh, it was, you know, it was very interesting to see the, just the huge differential. And, you know, obviously that starts to change as people get into the workforce, they have to start to use email and they got to start to use the phone or whatever. Right. <laughs> But, you know, it, it would be very interesting to see the world turn on its head if, if suddenly 12 and 15 year olds habits stayed true all the way through adulthood because it would just change entirely the way that businesses are used to communicating. But Right, exactly. Um, you know, I was just uh, interviewing another gentleman who has a totally different business from yours, uh, but he was his primary demographic is 19 to 29. And he was talking about how uh, when they get a new customer, they send out actually out a text message with, you know, point of contact information, 
uh, case number and then you know letting him know that they'll get updates or whatever through that. And he was talking about how uh, how big a dramatic you know change it made in their business to just to introduce that one welcome text message because it made it so that it was very easy for their customers to get back in touch with them, which was critical for their business process. And, you know, we don't think about these things too often because we think, well, we can just send off an email. And I think email still is it's still valid. It's still very powerful. You can send a lot of information there that you can't send in some of these other medias. But the text message, if you have the, the right demographic, is just a game changer in terms of being able to relay information in a place where you jump the, the line, you get immediate attention. When it's used properly, it becomes a, a real tool for a business. Right. And... And we're finally at that stage to sit down and really get into that, huh? I, I don't even know if it's ask those, realize those questions, yeah, and begin to find the answers. Yeah, well, that's fascinating. Now, you, you had mentioned, you know, going back to that thought leadership part, you actually take an interest in, even though you have quite a bit of turnover, you take an interest in your employees and and their personal development as part of your, what you do. I, I do, and uh, again, I I think it comes from my education background and. I, I'm not looking to become the next uh, Department of Education secretary, but um, it, it seems to me because in the last, I would say, 10 years, I've I've read a lot, not all, uh, but I, you know, I've read Michael Gerber and and uh, Timothy Ferris and uh, um, Napoleon Hill, uh, you know, all of those guys. Yeah, um, Brian Tracy. And it, it just seems to me this is something that should be taught in school. And again, as a former teacher, it's not like we're not already expecting him to teach a lot as it is. But, yeah. you know, just just thought process of and it goes beyond, you know, the ant and the rubber tree plant concept. Yeah, it's you've got an idea or, or you've got something you need to accomplish, you know, before you just jump at it or sit on the couch and look at it. Why don't you Why don't you take a step back and go? Okay, what's the most efficient way of doing this? And am I going to be doing it repeatedly? And what kind of things can we set up or do or invest in that will make sense and make this as 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 um, painless as possible in I, doing over and over again? I, I think you know sometimes we can take that kind of uh, information for granted. For example, for um, for me. When I got back from uh, Brazil, I'd spent a couple of years there. I was uh, 21 when I got back. And at that time, my, my parents had gotten involved with a company called TPN. I don't know if you'd heard of it. It's called the People's Network. It was a, a network marketing company, which you know I'm very adverse to. No offense to anybody that's <laughs> into that. But um, what it was is it was a, a TV station that had all this motivational stuff on it. So it was the Brian Tracy, the Michael Gerber was not, he was crazy, man. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen him in video, but he is, he's quite entertaining. Um, you know, um, Mark Victor Hansen, a lot of different interesting, um, people, I guess you call them thought leaders or what have you. Uh, Jim Rohn was my favorite by far. Yeah. And, um, you know, I got introduced to all that stuff at that time. My dad was a real big fan of Napoleon Hill when I was a, you know, a teenager. And, you know, he worked us to death because we he, he was in construction and we were his, his crew. 
And so, you know, I got the chance to learn how to work. I got the chance to learn how to think about things. Very entrepreneurial in terms of, you know, my childhood and such. And, you know, I took a lot of that for granted when we started training um, people with our real estate training company that we had before Fix Your Funnel. That was the first place where we were using Infusionsoft. And I would sometimes look at people and the way they would respond to, like, hey, here's what you got to do to be successful. And I'd lay out for them, you know, some things. And they'd be, nah, how about you just do it for me? You know, <laughs> or I don't want to think that hard. And I was just like, man, I don't get this. And it, it took a while for me to finally realize that, you know, not everybody has the same common core knowledge, right, yeah. of, of things that, that I took for granted that were things that I had been introduced to and like that you've introduced yourself to through your reading and your research and your learning. And sometimes we think, well, everybody ought to have that and they don't. And so, you know, I've made it kind of a, a habit with, um, you know, to the degree that they're willing to accept it with our employees. I, I, I kind of look at it like, and I always talk to them this way. You're never, you're not going to work for me forever. <laughs> you know, no, there's no way you're going to work for me forever. But what I like is that when you do leave working here, that, that you are way better off than when you came in. So we're going to make sure that you understand some things that I think are critical to you know having success in the future. And so I, I make it a point of you know trying to give them as much education as possible on marketing, uh, you know, trying to prepare them for sales and being able to deal with that. And you know, occasionally I'll even share with them some of the travails of being the business owner, just so they can be aware of those kind of thought processes that they're going to have to face as they go out into the world on their own. I don't know. I, I, the only person I hope sticks around long, long term is my brother because he's my partner. <laughs> <laughs> but in terms of everybody else, you know, I, I hope that they'll graduate at some point and move on. In fact, uh, I guess uh, we'll see when this, this podcast episode goes out. We're trying to kick one out of the nest right now just because not because we don't like him and he hasn't done great work, but he's at that point in his personal development and where he is in life that he really needs to take that next step, you know, and I think it's an interesting approach to take as a business owner. Sometimes there's someone that we'd want to keep for a long, long time, but you know, if it depends on if it's going to be in their best interest to stay with you, you know what I mean? Right. I also think well, from what you said that it's being able to share with them, look, this is the, I want to help you understand in our business again, because it goes from, Oh, I've got all winter to redo the website and set up a couple new campaigns and this and that to, you know, it starts building in early to mid April with the phone starting to ring a little bit and mm -hmm. you're trying to decide when to pull the canoes out and when to start getting all the vehicles serviced. And, you know, so that way when they start, you know, you're trying to time it double Dutch <laughs> so that when the people start showing up, your stuff's ready rather yeah. than being ahead of the game or, or God forbid behind it. Yeah. But in, we get going during the summer and sometimes it's difficult to stop and go, okay, I, I, I want to help you employee understand all of the things I'm looking at and having to take into consideration when, you know, there's, there's something we're going to do to make life better on ourselves or our customers. Yeah. Uh, and well, and an example of that might be the vehicles, you know, so the first of April, April may come around and um, I may have one employee going, do you want me to start getting the vehicle started and get them over to the dealership to have them gone through? And it's like, well, 
you know, think about this. The dealership will go through all of our, I don't know what we're up to now, 10 or 11 vehicles in two or three days yeah. at the beginning of April. And sales are just barely starting at that point. And that stuff needs to be paid for. Yeah. You know, I can either dig into whatever's left of the nest egg from the winter to pay for that. I could put it on a credit card at, you know, God knows what percentage interest. Right. Uh, or we can hold off and do sweat equity type things around the shop initially and send those vehicles in like the third week of April. Yeah. Knowing that my dealership is going to give me net 30 on the, you know, yeah. and trying to get them to, you know, you need to stop and think, just like when you say, oh yeah, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about, I always say I'm thinking about buying a new vehicle or putting up a new building or whatever. Yeah. And two weeks later, they're like, are, you know, are, are we ready to start on building that building or are we ready to go get that vehicle? It's like, you know, uh, believe me, I was not a, a patient man, young man. Um, but in time, <laughs> I don't know what it is, but I've become much more patient. I, I ponder things. You know, when I was 20, if I wanted a new vehicle, hell or high water, I went out and I bought it. Yeah. Uh, now I kind of go, well... I want a new vehicle or a new used in my case. Okay, you know, do I source something older out in Phoenix that has no rust on it that I'm going to drive back to the Midwest or am I going to get, you know, yeah. you start going through all the options and then you're looking at the bank accounts and you're looking at future projected sales. And in my case, I'm also looking at the weather for the next 30 days if you can even trust that information going, you know. It looks like it could be a good summer, so it'd be nice to be able to, you know, it's all those decisions yeah. you need to make. And So trying to guide them through that and get them to start thinking a little bit more right. like you. It, it can be a challenge at times. Yeah, I've, I th but I think that's a big deal for entrepreneurs to keep in mind, too, is, you know, how how do you lift the employees? I've heard people say, well, if I if I train them up too well, then they'll just leave. Well, if you yeah. don't train them up, they're going to stick around. <laughs> right. There's that saying. <laughs> that's worse, you know. So and, you, you got to get them up to speed and thinking right. And if they do go, you know. Yeah. And, you know, I'm still looking for that magic question in an interview that could lead me to believe whether or not this is somebody who's interested in learning, I guess, is the best way of putting it. Yeah. Um, well, I imagine well, it's pretty tough in your industry as well because probably a lot of adventure seekers you know looking for some fun you know, i'll go work in the wilderness for a little bit and maybe not thinking long term well yeah and yet you know we've been again now that we've got 12 years in yeah. we've got a good core group uh uh of about eight. Oh, really um and we max out at about 15 so we've got a good core group of either retired teachers or teachers, Got uh, it. Uh, you know, that or retired folks, period, that help us train those people coming on. I just need to get it to be more formal. Right. I'm not sure what one guy is saying compared to another <laughs> when training people. Yeah. And uh, it, yeah, but it's always great when customers come back the following year and you know, oh, is so-and-so here this year? Uh, and you can say yes. Uh, you know, it, it takes me two, three weeks to learn my employees' names to begin with. And <laughs> here's a customer who spent 45 minutes to an hour probably driving upriver up river with one of our 
our employees spent another 15 minutes safety briefing and unloading the canoes and maybe saw them when they finished their trip. Yeah. And they remember their names, which we must be doing something right. Yeah. I, I, I would like to uh, synthesize the information and find out, you know, where well, we go right. I think sometimes that, that even can be the personality of you, you know, and the way that you interact with your employees and what they pick up on are your priorities. They start to internalize some of those things, you know, as long as they have a good attitude about the whole thing. Right, right. Well, so, you know, one other takeaway that that isn't probably at the top of people's list, but maybe it should be, is the fact that you kind of demonstrate, to an extreme, the lifestyle business, right, versus the business, more like you, you expressed your father was, where he was working, 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 and didn't maybe quite know how to recreate, how to take some time off to, to breathe a little bit. And yeah, th- you know, that's f- very common in the, for the entrepreneur is, you know, they're, they're always hustling and sometimes not knowing how to take a break and relax. And I'll admit that, you know, I've probably erred more on that side. Um, not because I couldn't, I mean, even, you know, even at, at, times when we had you know so much cash lying around that it was ridiculous um i didn't take time off because i was just so enthralled with growing the thing you know what i mean how, how do you do that how do you make sure that i guess it's almost an extreme for you but I, you know how do you make sure that you put you know taking that time for yourself before getting you know overly inundated with the business well you know i i believe it's a learning process Mm-hmm. And I'm still learning it. I mean, I, I have a, uh, I have a, um, I guess you could call it a mastermind group of like-sized canoe rentals. Uh, there's four of us total mm-hmm. that twice a year. And, you know, we each have a different idea of how we see our lives. What I, what I find interesting is I try to, compare or I I try to find a balance between what my life currently is and and what I think I want it to be. And again, these thought leadership type folks, um, you know, Brian Tracy talks about, you know, you really should have at least one day a week where you simply don't do anything business related. Yeah. And I don't think I can do that. Um, I'm always thinking about it. I'm always jotting notes down. Um, I get a phone call even in the winter here. Hey, something's not right on the website. There's a spelling error or this sentence makes no sense. I'm going to go in and I'm going to fix it right away because I I guess I, I personally look at it as though I work my tail off for four to six months a year where it's really just crazy. Yeah. 18 hour days, that kind of thing. And in the winter here, I'm like today, I spent some time working in Infusionsoft. I'm trying to get things wrapped up on this new uh, um, reservation system we're using, Adventure Office. I am, uh, I'm, you know, responding to a couple of emails. I'm pursuing lead generation contacts Mm -hmm. that I think might, you know, now that I, between texting and Infusionsoft and 
ways of getting people into my funnel, I'm, I'm starting to see, oh, you know, here's a, you know, here's a business that's in contact with X number of people a year. And, and they might, you know, I could either, they can either do an email blast for me or I can be on some sort of flyer that they hand out to all their customers or whatever. Yeah. You know, I'm working on that stuff during the winter and, you know, that can be between four and eight hours a day. Um, however, I just got back from three days in Vegas with my mom and due to crappy internet connections and everything else, I, I really didn't do anything business related for those three days. I jotted down some notes, but, um, friends of mine in my, in my, uh, power circle group, you know, some of them still believe in, oh no, I, I help my guys. I, I help clean boats and I drive people up river and I, you know, Michael Gerber would say, you know, you're working in the business. You're, you're more valuable out marketing or doing something else yeah. than that. But we've talked about it. You know, some of them look at it as, well, that's kind of my exercise. So I guess it, it really comes down to, you know, how do you see it, right? Because how I see it or someone else sees it doesn't really matter so much as I guess how you see it. As long as there's some semblance of reality to it all, I guess. I believe it, you know, and I'm, I've spent my life avoiding commitment. I'll be honest with that. It's funny, but you know, I'm not married. Uh, I have relationships, but you know, they, I always kind of lay out, Hey, look, you know, I mean, this is, this is my baby. This is my life. This is how I pay my bills. And, um, you know, so if there's things you want to do in July and August, that's probably going to be pretty tough, but I'm pretty flexible from November until March. Uh, let's try and work around that. Because uh, I do believe in traveling in downtime. I mean, uh, I just I just bought a condo in, in Phoenix, and now uh, I'm, I've, I've stayed stateside in the winter for two years in a row, and I'm getting the itch to travel internationally again next winter. And, you know, to me, that now means six to eight weeks of being gone. Yeah. Because so long as I have an internet connection, I can work and fix your funnel. I can work in uh, Infusionsoft. I can work on my website anywhere on the planet. And, you know, and get that it goes done. back to the whole lifestyle thing. Yeah. So what what is that success principle that to you has been central to your success in business? Ooh, one of them, huh? Just one. Yep. This is the tough part of the whole interview. You know... And this is something more recent because everything else I think is, is, was basic, but really learning and understanding the point and, and the benefits of understanding the whole funnel concept. Mm -hmm. uh, because we've done okay for 10 and 11, well, we've just finished our 12th, but where I've started to implement these things I've learned through Infusionsoft and Fix Your Funnel and that kind of thing, these, and GKIC, is that you know for 10 plus years just by having a decent website being one of the first ones out there I, I we did okay uh, the bills were getting paid and I got to do what I got I, I could do we're now at a point in my business where I own all of my equipment and as I call it you know it's beginning to turn into an ATM yeah and but now I also realize now that all that other stuff is built and, and I'm creating the infrastructure I need with these technology offerings. I'm now suddenly obsessed with how many people can I get through the funnel? Yeah. And 
how many can we turn into customers? Because maybe a million dollars in the summer isn't unrealistic on my part. Right now, I can't imagine it. Right now, I'd be tickled with half that. Yeah. But, you know, so I, I guess the biggest thing is just keep learning. Yeah. You, you know, whether you pick one thing and really begin to develop it or you're constantly reading different articles on different things and, okay, and GKIC says this and at ICON they talk about this. It's just, okay, yeah, I know we're talking about a bank or I know we're talking about a consultant or, you know, but how can it apply to your business? Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's that's, a, that's yeah. the big key is, you know, it's interesting because listening to and, and talking to you this last hour, what I've picked up on is exactly that. And I'm not surprised that, that you bring that up as your ultimate, you know, secret to success is the fact that you're always learning and you're a dedicated student. I mean, you said it yourself, if you register for a webinar, you're going to show up. You know, if you know, you're out, constantly out there trying to find new information that will help you. And then yeah, I think you extended that even to a new realm in terms of helping people to recognize that they have that responsibility to apply it to their own business. Not Don't wait for somebody to show up and say, well, this is how you should use it in your business. Go out there and find out how other people are doing things and then bring it back into your own business. That's where I found find all the, the great innovations really come from me. So, Scott, hey, this has been a tremendous uh interview i really I appreciate it I, I i know you're circling for a landing here but i got a quick question for you and yeah. i'll give you my answer which yeah is, go what's the next big thing you're either working on or struggling with as far as what i would consider thought leadership goes you know um that that's really what we're going to be talking about at our event in march in san diego and that, that is just the concept of how do you help the business owner to stay focused on that thing that's really going to make profits grow versus getting distracted by all the things that they're being sold. And, you know, that it's a, it's a thought that I've been working on for a while. I mean, I published my book a couple of years ago on how to fix your funnel, which really kind of starts to get into this, but really bringing it down to a practical application for people and helping them to really get clear on what is that path to profit, you know, and, you know, the technologies that we use, that's going to be constantly evolving, Right. What, what medias we're using, what technologies we're using. I mean, you go back in time, it was the phone and direct mail, right? Then email starts to come, or faxes came before that, and then faxes got really big, and then they got cut off by regulatory agencies. Then uh, emails has taken a big rise, but emails, it's gotten bigger and bigger, is now becoming its own problem, right? Right. You know, text, texting really, it's been around for 20 years, but it hasn't really been a powerful business tool until just in the last few years, you know, it's starting to come in and, and come to its own. And as it's coming into its own as a business tool, you know, there's a whole new set of, of technology taking its place in the private realm in terms of, you know, predominantly being private, which is all these messaging apps and these apps and smartphones and, and so on. And so we see this huge trend with mobile. And so there's, I think we're always going to see some trends and the changing in terms of how we communicate with prospects and customers. But the, the fundamentals are how do we as business owners know where to focus? And I think that's the big challenge I see the most is I see a lot of people getting lost in the weeds uh, getting excited in the technology and building one thing or another. And, you know, they're automating different things, but they're really not seeing a difference in the bottom line that they should be seeing with the leverage that they should be getting out of automation, right? 
And that's that's the part that really concerns me. That's where my focus is in terms of, you know, how I want to contribute to the the community is really trying to help people to see where do we go next? Where do we go from here? How do we help uh, people to actually get the promises of the automation? Because while you're getting it, um, and I think part of that goes back to the fact that you have 10 years in your business, right? So you know your business well. So now when it comes to picking pieces to automate, maybe it's, it's coming a little bit easier. But what I'm seeing more frequently is people giving up on automation because they're not seeing the promised benefits. And it's not because they're not possible. It's just they don't have a, a real clear roadmap on how to apply the automation into their business. So I don't know if I went around that three times or not. Normally I like to go around things three times before I stop. But you know, that's, that's what I see as being the, the big next big thing. The technology is, like I say, it's constantly evolving at Fix Your Funnel. We're constantly trying to push the envelope of what we can do that is valuable, not just fancy, right? Right. And um, as we do that, though, the underlying concern is that uh, we want to make sure our customers know how to grab onto those things that are be important for their business now versus just the thing that's bright and shiny. And that, so that's kind of where my focus is. Gotcha. Um, and and for me to answer my own question, yeah, I, I you know my next big thing I'm wrestling with addressing, which you know. That sounds like avoidance. It's uh, <laughs> it's just productivity, you know. I, I yeah, I, I sure would like to commit to only doing four hours a day in the winters, knowing that in those four hours they will be devoted to work and, and productivity and accomplishing tasks. Um, I, I I I'm willing to admit I'm guilty of going to look something up on the internet and before I know it I find myself on Craigslist or who knows what looking <laughs> for stuff that's got nothing to do with what I started off with and uh, you know I it, it's to the point where there's so many distractions it's I, I, I question if it even falls under the realm of self-discipline anymore because you you literally can't move 10 degrees from the seat you're sitting in and something is going to be like, Oh, look at that, you know, squirrel. Yeah. Something shiny. Well, you know, to that, that point then, you know, in terms of my answer, uh, I think it comes down to having a framework and a context for, for, uh, you know, prioritizing, organizing information that is doable. Right. So there's all sorts of, of schools of thought on prioritization and, and categorization, how you do those kinds of things. But I think I found one that's worked really well for me, and that's part of what I want to be sh be able to share. In fact, there's there's some videos I put out recently that where I kind of outline over an overview of that. So if you didn't see that, I would recommend for you to go into your Fix Your Funnel app and look at the the messages that we send in in app. And the, and there's one back there where I talked about um, you know kind of a preview of what we're going to be talking about at the beginning of the the event uh, in March. And if you watch, did you watch that video? It's like a 25 minute video. I haven't seen that one. I don't believe. No. Okay. You want to track that one down because that one, I go into the, the core, you know, the essentials, the kind of foundational approach of, of what we take here at Fix Your Funnel and what we recommend for people. And maybe it'll be a service to you. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah, my pleasure. Well, again, hey, thanks so much for being on. And uh, I think this is going to be a great interview for those who are, you know, looking at their business and trying to look at it a different way and and uh, can really focus in on 
that constant learning concept that you have demonstrated so well. Thanks. I appreciate it. Boom. Let's go.